guys, welcome back to my podcast. Um, recently, I did a name change and I did a relaunch because I felt that this was more me. This was more of something that we could, you know, have conversations and do and be and like, this just felt better than the Lexi Chronicles. Um, I am going to re-upload my co-parenting journey because I feel that it is an important episode that I want to keep in the universe, but there's that. I came up with Lexi Chronicles on a whim. Coffee Convos with Lexi feels right and normal because I want to have conversations and I want to be talking about things that are important to me. So we're going to start with, um, we're going to talk about my mental health journey and my faith so for those of you who do not know i grew up christian um christian values christian faith went to church every sunday um really spent a long time navigating and all these things um but for a young age i definitely struggled with you know anxiety and I was always an anxious person, anxious child, and I was always kind of told to bring it to God and deal with it that way. It's not that mental health or therapy was frowned upon, it's just that this was the way that my family chose to deal with it. Um, And not to say that they're right or wrong. I'm going to try not to bash my family because I know they're not going to be thrilled with this conversation that I'm having if they find this podcast, and I want to try and be as respectful as I can because I understand that my view on it may be different than their view on it, and they may feel that they were using the tools that they knew to help in their minds. Um, I'm not going to speak for them. I'm just going to speak for myself, and we're going to have a conversation. So, you know, that was kind of how it was dealt with. Um, my dad grew, my dad was military. In- anxiety felt like a normal part of my life. Um, from a very young age, my dad always being deployed, my dad always being gone, hearing the knock on the door, not watching the news, not, everything felt normal. Like, I was in a constant roller coaster of, like, anxiety being fine, anxiety being fine, panic attacks, sleeplessness, all the things. Um, And not to say that, like, it's probably, like, not normal or anything else like that. It, I feel like for a lot of people it is normal. But then I reached the point of how do I move forward in college arena was kind of where things really took a turn for me. I started coping in ways that were not appropriate for me um, and to my family. And my family's always cared about the reputation and what people thought from the outside versus what was going on on the inside. And I was cracking that, which caused a lot of tension and caused a lot of issues between us in regards to that. Um, I did, I, I sought help for a little while, um, for my anxiety and my depression, 
that was starting to flare up in college and like dealing with various things but it never felt like I could be honest because I felt like I was always being careful and making sure that I didn't upset anybody in my family you know I didn't I didn't burn bridges with family that were allegedly helping me um you know in navigating life like I was trying to you know be respectful and all the things and it wasn't until so I stopped going and I started dealing with it basically the same way I had prior which was like we're just gonna party we're just gonna lie we're just gonna you know constantly like be in a state of chaos um basically is the only way to put it I really did deal with my anxiety in unhealthy ways and for a very long time I just figured the less people knew, the better, the less I had to explain myself, the better, becoming different for different people to keep them in my life. Like, it was just a constant roller coaster of emotions for me. And then I broke the golden rule of a Christian home. I had a child out of wedlock. I did that. And my anxiety got worse. Um, I feel like every parent understands the constant worry, the constant, like, anxiousness, the nervousness, the are we making the right decision for them, are we doing this, are we doing that. And because I already had anxiety, I thought it was super normal for those anxious feelings to be there that I didn't question when my panic attacks got worse. I didn't question when I couldn't sleep for weeks on end. I didn't question when I wasn't eating right. I, I, I wasn't questioning things that were red flags, and I ignored the problem or the elephant in the room and just focused on my kid. I, you know, did the checklist that you all do for, like, depression and anxiety and, like, am I nervous? And I, like, did the normal things that I always do and nobody, like, there wasn't anything that, like, made me think, oh, my gosh, this wasn't normal. Like, I've always had an anxiousness and a worriness and an anxiety with me. I've always carried it. I just never knew how to properly deal with it because the solutions being brought to me were prayer and the Bible and, the and like, that was the solution. And... That is part of my frustration with the Christian community is because it's not always that simple. Like, there was a time, like, especially while I was heavily pregnant, and there was issues with his father when we first began the co-parenting journey, which I discussed in my co-parenting journey. You know, we had discussed, I had prayed, and I had prayed, and I had prayed for a solution, and he just didn't want to be a part of the part of things. And, like, that made me my anxiety worse. And I'm, like, nothing is helping me. Like, there's no alleviating the situation that I have going on. So, again, I just kept plugging through, plugging through, plugging through, plugging through, pretending everything was fine, pretending everything was great. You know, I'm really good at putting on a fake smile and pretending I'm great, pretending everything's fine. And when you're dealing with mental health, that is normal, I feel, for a lot of people, 
but for me that was just the moment of like okay I'm good um so I spent two to three years doing the basics of that while financially digging myself into a hole while trying to deal with my mental health which is a whole nother layer of anxiety on top of it so now like not only was I dealing with anxiety not only was I dealing with being a parent now I'm throwing in a financial factor because I can't handle my anxiety properly and I was dealing with it by switching to like buying this buying that like going crazy because I couldn't handle what was going on in my universe um There was a lot of things that I learned ended up being triggers for me later when I went back to therapy, which we're going to talk about at the end of this episode, but I want to get into like the key, the key thing that changed my mental health. And this is where I'm going to upset family because I'm going to talk about the circumstances of something. And I feel like I need to. I'm not going to get into grave detail as to what happened, as to how it happened, et cetera, et cetera. But we're going to touch on it. So in 2021, when the world was still chaotic and not great, my, I'm not going to name, I'm not going to use their names. I'm going to be like, it's not my cousin. And it is my case. Um, and that was really, 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 really hard. Um, I'm still dealing with it, um, properly. I don't know if there's a proper way to deal with death. I don't, I don't really know. Um, there was no explanation. There was no signs. There was no... Like, there wasn't anything that made it make sense. Um, So, when my cousin died, I kind of, two things kind of started happening at once. I was having vivid dreams. I wasn't sleeping very well. I was waking up with panic attacks. I, I was not okay. I was barely eating, I was barely drinking, I was ba- I was not taking care of myself. But I was pretending to take care of myself because I had a child that, that, that needed me. Like there was no way to grieve properly while having a child in front of me who didn't understand what was going on. Um, so that was kind of like my anxiety started up again like really bad. And like I had put my anxiety on a shelf for like so many years and hadn't dealt with a lot of things that were going on in my life and then this was kind of just like the catalyst that made the anxiety come tumbling down like insomnia started I was walking in circles again I like circles in my room like I wasn't doing well um and then I was forced to go to work forced to put a smile on my face forced to be okay and like I was just I I was not okay but I did it. And another thing started happening, which I don't know if anyone can relate to, but I really wanted to like bring this part up as well. Is that like I started going down this rabbit hole of what did I miss? 
like I had made so many choices in regards to him because our lives were going different places and I wasn't happy with the decisions I was making. He wasn't happy with the decisions I was making. So it wasn't just me. It was him too. Like, neither one of us were thrilled with the other. Let's be honest. None, neither of us were. Had I gone down this rabbit hole? Like, had I tried harder? Had I, you know, reached out and, like, buried the hatchet? Would this have happened? Like, I've gone down that rabbit hole so much that, like, my brain was, like, to the point of, like, cycle, repeat, rinse, repeat, cycle, repeat. Like, it was basically a washing machine for, like, six months, like, trying to understand and wrap my head around why, why the ending had to be this. Like, why? Um, and it's still not something that I fully have accepted. It still feels like this black cloud hanging over my head of, like, sadness, anger, acceptance. Like, I go through phases of, like, of sadness, anger, acceptance. Like, I feel every emotion. And that was when I decided that I couldn't live like this anymore. It was just too much for me. I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating properly, I was barely drinking, I was, like, I was waking up being a mom, going to work, I was literally a robot, I was literally a robot for a year, like, the year my cousin died, I was a robot, I just did everything that I was supposed to do, when I needed to break down, I went to the bathroom, when I needed to cry, I went to the bathroom, when I needed a day off, I just took a day off, whether I needed it, whether I wanted to or not, like, it was just a constant cycle of like when I can't take it anymore I need a break I felt in this constant pressure cooker of grief and anxiety so I tried a myriad of therapy I tried in-person therapy again wasn't for me I tried cerebral which was great but I didn't I felt like I was only getting the medicine from it and that wasn't enough for me so then I just stopped again and I went back to school, and I did all the things, and I just focused on getting my bachelor's degree. I kind of just, like, channeled all of my grief energy in 2021 into school and just focused on school and getting my degree and being done. Like, that was, like, the goal, which I'm almost done with, which I'm super, super happy with. But despite all of my mental health struggles, despite being a single mom, despite all the grief that I was in, I've managed to come out the other side with a bachelor's degree in four years online, which I'm super proud of myself, that I'm almost done and that I've managed to reach a milestone. But my coping mechanism has always been put my anxiety on a shelf and focus on something else. And again, so then the year anniversary came up of my cousin's death and I, again, the vivid dreams, the, the panic attacks, the insomnia, the constant, like, and it goes from, like, the week he did what he did to literally, like, Christmas. So it goes from September all the way to December of, like, constant, like, no sleep, not eating properly, not doing the things, like, not show, showing up and, like, being a robot and, like, just doing, going through the motions of life. So, this year, 
I decided I needed to sit down and I needed to handle this grief and the anxiety and everything in between. So I went back to therapy. Better help is much better for me. It's live in-person therapy. It's an objective third party. It really truly helps. I've managed to create a toolbox that helps me with my anxiety. Now as for grief, that part, I'm still dealing with. I am still in phases of sadness, acceptance. So we're going to talk about all three right now. Why am I sad? I'm sad because I didn't have to be this way. I'm sad because I didn't have to die young. And I'm sad because my son never gets the pleasure of knowing this amazing world. I'm sad that he didn't feel he could come to anyone. I'm sad that he was in so much pain that he felt that this was the answer. And I'm sad that he was hurting but the touch of all of this instead. Now, anger. I'll be honest, I'm angry. I'm angry that he did what he did. I'm angry that he didn't give us an explanation. I'm angry that this is the choice he made. I'm angry that he left us to pick up the pieces of our siblings. I'm angry that he wasn't strong enough to come to anyone and tell us what was going on. I'm angry at the method that he chose to die. And I don't know if I'll ever not be angry at him. I have done a lot of work in trying to get over the anger that I have for him. And it's like anger from a place of love. It's not anger because like anger to be angry. It's anger from a place of love. It's like I am just so angry at various choices that you made that he made in the process and I just feel like I just felt like we were closer than that where he could have told me what was going on and maybe that's part of my problem. I don't really know. Um the second the third thing acceptance. I have come to a place of somewhat acceptance that I hope he's in at peace and that I hope he understands that although I'm angry and although I'm sad it's not because I don't understand that depression is a disease and that he felt there was no other conclusion I'm just angry I just I carry a lot of guilt, if I'm being honest with you. A big part of I've noticed why I can't get to acceptance and why I've stayed in anger and sadness is because I feel extremely guilt. I feel guilty for not trying hard enough. I feel guilty for not keeping the lines of communication open. I feel guilty that he felt he couldn't come to me. It's something I'm working through in therapy. 
but there's another layer to this grieving process that I didn't even notice was part of the issue till I sat down to write this episode. Um, so I'm going to talk about a episode of the aftermath just because it is quite honestly public. Um, I'm not going to get into too much about it out of respect for that person because she's a wonderful human. I've reached out to her on TikTok and she's going to come on here and I just want to not go into too much detail. Um, but I had reached out to her because there was an ep- she was on the episode of the aftermath that talked about I had watched it before he died and I hadn't watched it since but the other night after seeing her on YouTube I felt this pull to watch this episode again and I don't know why it was like heavy on my heart to watch it but it was like there was just something about this episode that I wanted that I I wanted to watch so we sat down and I rewatched it and I realized why I needed to watch it. There was a moment where she talks about kind of feeling guilty for the situation. And I have heard throughout my family and throughout my friends, there was nothing you could have done. There was nothing you could have done. I have heard that till I'm blue in the face, okay? Along with another sentence we're going to talk about after this. But I have heard there's something you could have done. I didn't want you to know. For three years, basically. We're going to go with three because right now my, my brain can't math, okay? It wasn't until a stranger, a stranger, on the TV screen said the words, there was nothing you could have done, which I'm paraphrasing what Leah actually said, but like the fact that like a stranger, it took a stranger on a television screen not even talking to me to remind me that there was nothing I could have done. And that's the truth. There's nothing I could have done. I have done so much work with this guilt. And I've had therapists, wonderful therapists, tell me the same thing. And it wasn't till that episode in a recent tarot card message reading that I sat down and listened to it in full. And, man, it was what I needed. There, he literally sent a message to read saying there was nothing I could have done. He didn't tell me because he was protecting me. He's at peace. And that's all I can hope for this point and he and you know it's ironic he in the reading he thought he realized he acknowledged that I'm having a hard time moving forward here because I am because it feels everything feels wrong being happy feels wrong enjoying life feels wrong everything feels wrong because there's this elephant in the room, especially when, when me and my family are all together, like, there's an empty space and we're all kind of, like, avoiding talking about it because nobody wants to bring it up. Nobody wants to bring up the pain. 
Nobody wants to bring up the hurt. And we'd rather just not talk about it. It's, again, putting it on the shelf. But I've realized through therapy and through this reading that I can't do that anymore. I can't. Because my own mental health is being affected. My anxiety is worse when I put it on that shelf. And that's not helpful. So I'm working through the grief on this mental health along with my mental health. And it's, and it's hard. It's hard to explain to people, especially my family, who feel it's better to not talk about things sometimes. And that's not me being mean. It's just that is the way that it is. But something that has helped my family that's not helping me coincides with my family's journey. So as many of you know, I have been, especially if you follow my Instagram, you know that I have been on a faith journey for the last five-ish years. And I've been in ebbs and flows of like my relationship with God and where I stand with it. And in the process of losing my cousin and in the process of this mental health journey, I recently had to do a paper for a class because, you know, I'm finishing my degree and I sat down and I like, I was just curious if there was like any actual information on Christians' views in suicide. And going down that rabbit hole was hard because there's mixed messages. And I'm not here to say that it's a sin because I don't believe it's a sin. I believe that we need to acknowledge that mental health is an illness and that it needs to be properly dealt with and properly put into use and not just hand someone a Bible and say, take it to God. Like, that's not. Had that been the case for me, I think my mental health journey would have been better. Um, I definitely think that like I would have been diagnosed correctly because I was originally misdiagnosed. There was a whole thing with like the first couple of therapists that were an issue. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for my audience. But something that has been really hard for me, and this is not a bash towards Christians in any way, shape, or form because I am still diving through my faith journey and what that entails but I really want to focus on this piece because part of the reason I went looking to see if it was a sin was because people kept telling me that it's okay you'll see him again now if you're a Christian you believe that if you're not a Christian you don't believe that I'm not here to argue about religion let me just clarify that now but That was part of the reason I went looking, and it's a very mixed bag, and for me, that sentence is not helpful. It's just not helpful. It causes more upsetness in me than it is helpful. You know, everyone keeps saying, I'll see you again. You know, all these things, you'll see him again, and it, and it's just not helpful to me. For me, it's not. For others, it might be. It's just not. It makes, it makes things worse for me. It makes my anxiety worse. It makes my own mental health journey 
Fun. So where do I stand with my mental health today? I'm not on medication. I'm in therapy. I'm getting help for my anxiety. I have been diagnosed properly. I am dealing with things properly. I have my toolbox for when anxiety gets to be too much. I notice that my mental health and my physical health coincide. I am no longer a beach body coach, which was a huge part of the problem for me was the beach body culture of like being perfect and constantly doing workouts and results result-based. It was just not helpful to me. It was really affecting my mental health and it was really affecting my eating disorder, which is also a problem. So I decided to walk away from beach body coaching and it was for me and it was the right thing to do. With that being said, I am using the Peloton app. I'm working out every day. I've worked out four consecutive days in a row. My first time in probably six months since my first anxiety trigger. I am finishing my second to last semester in school. My anxiety was at bay this whole semester. Um, I handled the chaos of life, my son being sick, all these things while finishing school. I definitely, definitely know what works for me better than anyone. So fitness helps me. My happy planner put everything right there, everything that I need, everything that I know is going on right there. It helps me just so much to see it on paper back on paper. The third thing that has helped me with my anxiety has been getting a solid morning routine and getting a solid evening routine, which they're not perfect yet. Putting those two things together has been really, really helpful in the anxiety journey. The last thing that I will share that helps me with my anxiety, and then we'll talk about grief, has been to minimize my labels, minimize down things, get rid of things, declutter, focus on the things that actually like I like to wear, I like to use, all those things, and getting rid of the excess that doesn't work. I have noticed an extreme, extreme, extreme decrease in my anxiety when doing that. Now moving on to grief. Everybody's grief journey looks different. Everybody's grief journey as to how to handle things, how to move forward, how to cope are all different. So I honestly have learned that the best thing I can do in my grief process is allow me to feel the emotion that I'm feeling. If I'm sad, live in that sadness, feel it, move on. If I'm angry at him, angry angry um dealing with that i've actually started a google doc grief journey um journal i call it i do journal in the morning but i call it my grief journal so that way if i'm sad i write i I write it all down and when i'm angry i write it all down the second thing that i am doing in regards to my grief is something that i actually i actually drew drew this conclusion in I was sitting there and like she asked me what do I think he would want me to do and the truth of the matter is he'd want me to be happy but more than that he would want me to do something that I love and I've talked about this on my Instagram I am I am unhappy working as a teacher to some extent right now I am like unhappy with where I am 
in regards to teaching. I'm happy with myself. But something else that I've always wanted to do, but I've been afraid to do. This grieving process, this faith journey, this mental health journey has brought me to this dream that I have that I plan on following through on. For a long time, I've dreamed of writing a book. And it wasn't until I was in therapy where he asked me what I what he'd want me to do. I said, A, he'd want me to be happy, and B, he would want me to live my dreams. And that is when this book idea that is going to be fiction came to be. So I just wanted to share kind of my grief journey, my mental health journey this episode. I hope you guys enjoy this. Um, so that way if you're dealing with losing someone to suicide or struggling with your mental health, that you're not alone. Um, I am far from perfect and I'm not some amazing, like, you know, individual, but I am learning so much. This podcast is my baby and I'm so, so excited to share it with you guys. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, I will be back with episode three. I have some new plans for this podcast. That was, again, why I relaunched it. I'm just super, super happy. So I hope you guys enjoy, and I will see you guys soon.